When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sports book app. With John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. Generally, we wait about five minutes after the game. We're on right now. But um, the reason is, is because Arizona basketball is here and we wait for nobody. Cats win 91 to 61 today. Um, Shu, I thought you uh, I thought you made a really interesting point uh, uh, in the te- when texted me where you said this is going to be another one of those teams where it's going to be it's going to be you know fourteen to fourteen. You get up, you leave, and you come back, and it's uh, they got on a sixteen to two run. And yeah, we're going to talk about the, but we're going to talk about those reasons. But I thought that was an interesting point. Yeah, uh, uh, which is a good thing, and it's a it has a lot to do with Arizona's general style. Uh, This is probably something we'll get used to as far as the Wildcats are concerned throughout the Tommy Lloyd era, which is good. Uh, And Arizona has the talent to do this. They have the pacing to make this approach. And Arizona's very good in the fast break, likes to run. And as a result, if they can get turnovers, usually those turnovers are going to be converted into baskets. And Arizona's going to be able to rattle off um, the 14-2 to run here and there over the course of a two-minute period that as you – Uh, noted takes a game that looks frustrating to some degree uh, to some fans here and there uh, and maybe opens things up and makes it uh, uh, fairly comfortable. Uh, Since the basketball season is now just about to start, we might as well make the first out of an estimated, I don't know what the DraftKings over-under is as far as making Gonzaga references, uh, comparisons this year. I imagine it's at about 3269. So I'm going to make number one. Uh, It's very similar to what the the Zags do uh, in a lot of their games. They're uh, uh, even for a good portion Mm -hmm. of it. And they go on those two minute runs, open things up. And very often you see kind of one a half that you can point at. And in the end, Arizona wins by 30. And tonight in an exhibition matchup, that's kind of how things went. 
Yeah, what really stuck out to me, too, first of all, this team is big. You watch him out there, you got between Umar Ballo, between Azulis Tabellis, between Vesar, between, heck, even when you throw Dylan Anderson in there, this does feel like a team that's going to be able to beat up a lot of people down low. Again, I'm not saying that, uh, you know, that's going to be the case every single game, but Tabellis looked good, and Ballo's body looks totally different than it did last year. You can certainly tell that he spent a lot of time in the weight room. Yeah, uh, the thing that... Uh... Uh, I thought Tabell the advancement of Tabellus looked very notable to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he looks very confident, and while he was anywhere from a number two to I guess a number four guy on last year's team, always right. in the mix, had the potential to be a fifteen ten guy on a regular basis. Wore down uh, as the season progressed. This year, he looks like somebody who's been told you're going to be needed for Arizona to be successful this year. And at least in the early stages, there appears to be a little bit more confidence uh, in his ability to move around the basket. As for Ballo, he certainly has uh, the physical skill set. And hopefully as the year moves along, in addition to just transforming the body, which you noted, he'll be able to uh, uh, transfer that into consistent effectiveness on the basketball court. I don't accept. It's going to be a different uh, animal defensively, though. And, also, and, what do you mean? and that's going to be, well, last year, Arizona had two guys specifically that could create consternation for other teams. They right. had Terry on the wing, and they had Coloco, obviously, on the inside. Uh, that allowed Arizona to get loose ball, quick transition opportunities. Uh, this year, it looks like it's going to be a little bit more by committee. The good news is that because of what you talked about, that they can throw out two or three seven-footers at a whim uh, is something that just makes things difficult. Even if they aren't particularly um, mobile at this stage or at the peak of athleticism, the length can be a problem. I think this is – and it does become interesting against really good Division I competition – how well Arizona is going to be able to defend on the perimeter with some of these lineups. And so when quicker wing style lineups uh, are up against Arizona, and there are going to be a lot of them on the schedule this year, uh, how Arizona works with that uh, and counters that, I think is going to be very interesting because if they go to man to man with a lot of this roster, yeah, there's a bunch of seven footers out there and you can make up a lot of ground as a result of being a seven footer, but you know, maybe at this stage, athleticism is something to keep an eye on as well. I was interested yesterday, Mike, when you and Brad were talking uh, about that, and Brad brought up uh, that uh, Arizona strolled out basically, uh, you know, an updated version of the Tucson skyline, at least from a verticality right. standpoint. Right. And and certainly when you get a look at it in a game situation, it's pretty jarring. You know, I'm going dis- to, uh, Dirty Dancer, great uh, great follower, by the way. I'm going to disagree here a little bit, though. I actually think the depth on this team is fairly fascinating because you look at some of the guys that came off the bench right here. Cedric Henderson, I thought, looked very promising as a player who could either be an energy guy, gives you a little flexibility at, you know, six foot six, six foot seven. I thought Adama Ball looked absolutely fantastic out there, um, scoring 15 points off 10 of 11 free throws. And I think uh, between uh, Vesar and, uh, you know, a couple other players in there. I think that this is going to be a pretty nice little eight- or nine-man rotation there, Shu. What do you think? I, I 
I kind of hedged the bet and see where both of you are coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's and, why we have you here. Why? So so that I can hedge uh, bets and uh, lose right. my big to DraftKings all the time. Right. Uh, I do that on a, I do that on a beautiful basis and drop promos occasionally. Uh, the 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 starters are more advanced right now. No doubt. And, and it feels like there's a clear differentiation between the first team and the second team. And I expect the first team to pl- perform very well together, generally speaking, in most of the games early on in this campaign. I'm hopeful that the potential guys that you talked about develop well enough to give Arizona the kind of depth that it's going to need uh, when you come when you deal with the adversity that you're going to face on a fairly consistent basis throughout the rigors of the regular season. So what we have, I think, is a front five that can be very problematic to a lot of teams that it faces on the schedule. And a backup group who I still think probably needs to develop a little more to get caught up. But one of the good things in regards to that is that they have a group that they're playing against that allows them to get better in practice. And I think there's reason to believe that the depth depth that you anticipate, Mike, on a much more consistent basis could come to fruition uh, once the uh, conference season gets going. All right. Now let's talk about uh, Pella Larson here. This is a guy that uh, Tommy Lloyd, the Tommy gun, as he's affectionately known on this show, talked about how he thought that he could be a conference defensive player of the year. He thought he could be a, um, you know, a, a, a all conference type guy. And that was, you know, that was quite a leap from what uh, that would be quite a leap from where he was last year. I thought he looked fantastic. I thought his body, I thought he looked much lighter on his feet. I thought he looked much better with the ball. He was kind of a calming influence out there. Again, I don't know that he's going to be a star, but you certainly could tell that this is going to be a guy that's going to play 30 plus minutes per game this year. And he's always going to, you, you hope, assuming that, and, and it probably helped in the offseason, even though he was healthy in the second half of last year, too, uh, to get back on track as far as that's concerned. So right. you hope that he's the stabilizing influence uh, that Arizona requires. But yeah, it was, uh, uh, it, it was, he's, he's also, you know, there's a lot of deceptiveness there, too. So, so you know, what do you mean? Ho- ho- hopefully that's something that ultimately Arizona can effectively utilize. And uh, that calming influence that you talked about is the type of thing where, uh, you know, he can keep those starters in line and, and, and help Arizona do a great degree. All right. Courtney Ramey, a guy that transferred from Texas, I think is going to be a perfect fit in that backcourt right there. He's a lot of things that Kerr isn't, and that's not really a slight towards Kerr or anything, but you can tell that he's a feisty defensive player. He's comfortable shooting. He looks like he's going to be a pretty good finisher in transition. I was very impressed by what I saw from Courtney Ramey. Yeah, I'm fascinated. Uh, it was uh, nice to see that the NCAA, which pretends it still has authority, <laughs> for uh, sure, y- you know, wanted to act like it could still uh, uh, create edicts here and there, and you know, pretend that it was important. Uh, fortunately, it isn't going to be one of those things that uh, ultimately matters for Arizona. Ramey looked really good, and he fills a position that Arizona is going to need. That was a question mark for the Wildcats last year in regards to how physical are they ultimately in the backcourt. Uh, I thought he he looks like a guy who uh, can deal with. Houston backcourt type play. That was dude, that's UCLA cute. type backcourt play. Yes. Yes. There's a certain there's a there's a physicality and a grit. And this is this is going to be a conversation that comes up again. There's another over under the phrase in the Tommy Lloyd regime, or some version of that is going to have uh 
you know, a few over-under elements as, as this season moves along. Um, one of those concerns all the time is going to be that Arizona ultimately isn't physical enough. And this is a guy who appears that he can give Arizona that aspect of it, and I think it can be very beneficial. He performed very well tonight and looks like he could be a real asset to this program. All right, we got a couple a uh, couple house cleaning items here first. OG's brand has officially re-upped with PHNX. Here's the deal. They've agreed to the new deal with PHNX. Terms of the agreement uh, weren't released at the time, but sources close to the two sides say that we're immensely excited and looking forward to creating more great content between the brands. As always, you can find them at your local dispensary, maybe 21 or over must be 21 or over check it out it's taken the it's taken the nation everybody knows about ogs and there's a reason for it because everybody likes it and you know what when everybody likes it there's probably something out there that uh, you might want to look at as well so ogs um again very excited that they're back also a tucson brand as well so ogs right there very very happy that they're on there and again want to tell you about four peaks the official brew of PHNX Sports. Great thing about uh, Four Peaks is that they have it on tap, or that not on tap, but they have it down at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties there, which will be this Saturday uh, at four o'clock. Come watch, uh, come watch it with all of us, all U of A fans. Anthony Humbert, Sean Seeley, William Brad Alice has been down there before. Schuster's been down there before as well. Great time, but Four Peaks though, big stuff going on right there, and. Also, you can hook yourself up with some discounted beer. $15 for a 24-pack of the Variety Pack. This Saturday, only at Four Peaks Wilson Tasting Room on Wilson Street in Tempe, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. The first 50 peeps there get a free Oktoberfest shirt. Must be 21 or up to enjoy. All right. Now, uh, getting back there and again, awesome, Sean. Appreciate you, man. Um Looking at this team, though, you've mentioned Courtney Ramey. I thought that was a great point about how he looked like he was going to be a guy that could really, when you go against the really talented guards, you know, um, like last year, Dalen Terry was an awesome, he was an awesome defender, but he wasn't really a guard per se. So when you would go against a Tiger Campbell or a Terrell Brown, there generally wasn't a great option for him, and they would generally go at Kerr. I think that's going to be the guy, I think this is going to be that guy. I don't want to say that he's going to be the Reggie Geary type because there are no real Reggie Geary types, but I think that's got to be a role for him here. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it's one of those. It, obviously, if Arizona works, uh, you know, has a team that has two good backcourt players, they're going to still try to exploit Kerr. And right. uh, that's going to be, I, I think, interesting to watch throughout the course of the year to see if Carissa uh, is a little bit more physical, has matured a bit, or or gotten slightly smarter to try to be a competent de defender as opposed to someone who was picked on consistently as far as uh, initial scouting reports were concerned. But if there's one backcourt guy, it's pretty clear that Ramey's going to be defending him. And uh, that that is something that I think in a more traditional capacity helps Arizona quite a bit, and it doesn't hurt the Wildcats. They kind of make up the difference here. It's, you, you know, they're, they're not well-sized necessarily. They're not undersized. They're sort of regular in the backcourt, and they're regular on the wings but they're so big on the front line that it kind of right. allows regularity to be something that isn't necessarily going to uh, potentially be a detriment. They aren't an undersized team, and they're going to be 
uh, a, a product that causes some consternation for other teams uh, because of the size that they ultimately have in the front court, even if they don't necessarily have on the, on the front line a pure guy who can be a defensive stopper, which I'm not sure at this stage uh, they have. I think they're going to have to just, you know, utilize the physical gifts that they have, but they don't. Coloco will be lost as a guy on the interior who can stop numerous possessions. Uh, I right. think there's going to be a lot of times this year uh, where Arizona is going to have to work to hold its own and just try to keep position. That's one of the things the coaching staff does on the inside, and you can see it in this game too. Arizona has clearly coached its players not to lean and not to jump on a fairly consistent basis, which is good when you're seven foot and half length. Right. You can just stand there and make things difficult, and hopefully that keeps you out of foul trouble. And uh, that sort of defensive approach can work, uh, but there will be times where Arizona is going to have to deal, I think, with physicality on the uh, on the interior and 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 just try to deal with the height advantage that they have and uh, try to limit it in that regard. I know I jumped from the back court to the front court there, yeah. but in a trickle down capacity or trickle up capacity, I think that's sort of how I see Arizona's defense playing out. But as you noted from that one specific position, uh, when you look at uh, Ramey as a defensive stalwart in the back mm -hmm. court, I think he's going to be up against a lot of number ones uh, I agree in that. cases as far as the opposition is concerned. Umar Ballo, um, I think, is first of all, Umar Ballo is one of the largest humans I have ever seen in an Arizona uniform. I don't, I'm sure there's guys that have been bigger. I know there have been. But when you look at Ballo out there, he is absolutely a, he is a presence. You notice him immediately. And the jump that he's made, and again, again, we need to, I need to preface this again because I'm getting ahead of myself. This is Western Oregon. Western Oregon in the grand scheme of things sucks compared to Arizona. So I'm not saying that, but you look at Ballo, Ballo feels to me like a guy that should probably be flirting with a double, double, not a big double, double, but somewhere 11 and eight, something like that. He feels like he should be able to do that there shoe. Yeah. I think there's a lot of uh, reason to believe that that can uh, be the case. There's a, there's a deceptive smoothness to his game that uh, I, I think has a chance if he continues to develop, that's going to be a, uh, that's pretty clearly going to be uh, good news for Arizona. And I think he has a little bit of range, too. He can make right. a 12-footer. He can make a 15-footer. It's not something that you throw in the repertoire, but if it happens to be there, if bigger guys play off of him because of Arizona's height or doubling down on Tabellus or something like that, I think uh, Ballo is somebody who can hurt you with a shot like that. If, you know, if you're in a pick-your-poison mode, Arizona's in a position uh, where they can give you hemlock from a variety of points on the floor. Now, let's talk now. Let's talk about a little bit of that. was good. Henry Vasar, he came in here with a lot of hype, um, probably going to be a two-year guy, but you notice him immediately out there because, first of all, when he walk, when he comes into the game, his wingspan, he looks like he's about nine feet tall out there. He comes in, and he's going to play. Um I don't, he's definitely not a one and done type, but you can tell he's going to be that third backup and he's going to be in the game a lot. I'm curious to see how he develops throughout the season. Doesn't this just feel like he's uh, one of those examples of whatever's on his pipeline is going to be? Yes. Whatever it this feels uh, like there's going to be one of these every single every year. year. Yeah. yeah. And, and maybe and that's not two a bad of thing. them. It's not a bad thing at all. It's, right. it, it seems to be something that uh, is going to be very appealing to the fan base and very appealing to players as well. And I, you know, yeah, it, it, it's nice to see the skill set. It's nice to be seven feet, uh, you know, and you have to figure out the athleticism and the uh, mobility that comes with that. And it looks, it looks to me that 
you know, that's not a that's not his forte at this stage. It's clearly not Anderson's forte at this stage. Right. Uh, and, and that's understandable. And it's something that's, you know, they don't have you can see the difference between Tabellus and the rest of the interior players. And Tabellus isn't the greatest athlete, you know, overall. As yeah, an but he's got a player. burst. He's got but a he's comfort got, level exactly, that they don't have. Correct. That they don't have right now. And that's something that, uh, you know, time develops. When Tabellus got here, he didn't have that either. So, but, but, but he's an example of what it takes for big guys coming through a system and working through the process. And Ballo's in this situation as well. Uh, you, you know, but if you look at Tabellus before, you look at Tabellus now, Tabellus is a better player. He should be a better player. Looks a lot more comfortable with what it is he's trying to accomplish. And hopefully the other big guys will be able to do the same as things move along. All right, let me tell you, for Tap and Bottle, the Tap and Bottle Watch Party. Kobe Thiel, I expect you to be there Saturday. Um, this is where it's at, Tap and Bottle downtown, 4 o'clock on Saturday. Scott and Rebecca, some of the coolest people in the world, um, going to have a lot of people come out there, yell at the TV screen, root for Arizona, root against, back the A. You're going to have four peaks on special right there as well. It's a great place to be, again. Uh, kind of a uh, a homey type feel to it uh, right there. Again, with Four Peaks right there, generally a food truck outside, and a lot of cool U of A fans show up there as well. Hey, now, Mike, I don't necessarily understand. I know that's Tap and Bottle downtown on 6th Avenue across from Miller Surplus in uh, in, in Tucson. I don't understand all the NIL stuff, so I apologize if I get the NCAA in trouble, but don't the Wildcats right now basically have Four Peaks on the inside? Oh, gosh. Oh, yikes. I love it. I'm stealing that. I'm not going to give you any credit to our good friend, Kevin <laughs> Woodman. That is well done. It's ex it's exhibition season. Feel free to use that uh, on the so multiple Mike Luke social media empire uh, of platforms that he <laughs> possesses. Budding empire. So, so, so that folks can well, that leave that to OGs. Uh, so that folks can groan uh, at you as opposed to... Uh, uh, right. throwing the uh, barbs in my direction. And, and one other thing, game time. Here's the deal. You can get, if you're a procrastinator out there, you can get on game time and you can save up to 60% off tickets when you buy last minute. Again, it's uh, for great for you procrastinators out there. We've had a guy on the post game show multiple times now talk about, or two different people talk about how they got their tickets off game time. They decided they wanted to go to the U of A game and didn't know where to get tickets. They went on game time and not only that shoe, they got it at a 60% discount. Ooh, That's what they do right there at Dev. So check it out. Again, game time. The best uh, the best way to support us is buying your tickets through the link in the description of the show. Game time. Again, 60 or great deals, and it's great for you procrastinators out there as well. All right. Now, let's get to some of these questions here. Or let's get to some of these comments here. Too bad a great game, but concerned about his free throw game. Also, what happened with Kerr tonight? Kerr to me is going to be a, and I know that drives you crazy, so I'll say Kerr Kreisa, but Kreisa to me is the ultimate, a big wild card here, and we're going to talk about Adama Ball being that in a second as well, but yeah, it's sooner or later, and again, it's an exhibition game, Kerr Kreisa's got to, Kreisa's just got to shoot better, he's 0-3 from the field, um, you hear about, you know, what a great shooter he is in practice, but so far throughout his career, he hasn't shown that, he's his numbers, quite frankly, have been awful. Um, I think. I, I think there are. Sorry, Mike. I think yeah, there are ahead. two. There, there. 
think there are two very good points there. Tabellus at the foul line, yeah, you want him to be better because he's going to get to the line a lot. At one point tonight, Arizona was 9 of 17 from the free throw line. You know, again, like you noted, exhibition and so forth. Uh, you know, so, but, but, you know, once they count, uh, you want to be able to improve that number to a lot closer to the 75 or higher percentile. Uh, the crease of point, I think, is a really good one. And tonight uh, you saw a guy who I thought was working very hard to try to distribute and make too many extra passes. And it wasn't that he was over three. I think the element was that he only took three shots, right? which suggested to me that he was looking to make an extra pass, move the ball around a little bit when he had some open looks. And that's the thing that he's going to have to balance. Uh, you know, if defenders come at you and you think you got somebody open and can get a better look, that's fine. But it's unusual to say that Carissa may have a confidence problem, but maybe it's a balancing in his role problem right now. Perhaps it's just an exhibition. He wanted to work on something specifically, but I was a little bit more concerned that he only took three shots. And I think he passed up on some open looks as opposed to missing all of them. Uh, so, you know, that's at, at some point, hopefully that'll, that will rectify itself. And, uh, uh, work uh, through. And it plays into another el element that I'm not entirely convinced based on what I saw tonight. I think Arizona can be okay from three-point land, but they don't look like a team that's going to be particularly good from three-point land. That was going to be my next point, and Anthony Humbert made that uh, point as well. Anthony Humbert's a very smart person. Um, three is 17. Last year, Ben Matherin was a good three-point shooter. Um, Dalen Terry was not a good three-point shooter, but he was an opportunistic guy towards the end of, uh, especially towards the end of the season. I look at this squad right here, and I think to myself, who are going to be those pure shooters? Because we haven't necessarily seen it from Creesa. Is Ramey going to be that guy? Again, Ramey shot 40% at Texas, so you would hope that he could be that. Uh, Pella Larson, could he be that in that 40% range? That, to me, is what's going to be interesting right now, Shu, is to where where that shooting comes from. Because with the Gonzaga teams, with what Tommy Lloyd wants to incorporate, you generally have good shooters out there. Well, Arizona is going to be a team like they were last year that is going to be probably in the top 10 nationally in terms of two-point field goals. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. Right. Analytics guys may hate for you to say that, but since I'm annoyed by analytics guys, I'll say it as much as I like. Do it. Uh, and and Do feel it. free to put that in a loop. Uh, if you really want me to say that so that we can get to the over-under on how pissed off I am with analytics, guys. Uh, but anyway, what that has to do is then provide good looks from the outside as teams collapse a little bit if Arizona's effective inside the arc. And then you need guys who can just be consistent from there when they get open looks. So if you're moving the ball around well enough, and Arizona – tonight did I thought did a very good job of that I don't know what their assists num numbers were but I think they were probably pretty darn good right. Arizona's probably going to have a good assist to basket ratio again tonight like they did last year uh so that might lead to an extra pass on the perimeter if teams are collapsing then one of the three uh aforementioned names that you threw out there should have open looks and they ought to be good enough to hit those with relative consistency I don't know that I expect any of them to be sharpshooters. I just want them to be good enough. Right. Yeah, that's kind of the way I am as well. And and not to be to the point, too, where it's like you go into a game and they're like, well, Arizona can't shoot. And it totally affects the other team's defense in a positive way because they know they don't have to worry about that. Right. Um, I will say this, though. And again, 
This is an exhibition. This team to me feels like this team feels to me like they're going to be real problems by the end of the season. I don't know that they have made, they don't have the dynamic talent per se at that top level because there's not a Ben Matherin on this team. There's not a, and down low is, you know, as, as much as I like uh, Ballo, there's nobody I think that has the presence of a Coloco, who, by the way, you correctly called last year. But this does feel like a team that is, it, this looks to me like a top 15 national team. It doesn't feel to me like an elite level team, but it feels to me like a top 15 type national team when it's all said and done. Yeah. And it's in, and a team that can cause some real problems in the tournament. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. I I would be surprised. What Arizona's what rank ranked what now? Seventeen. Seventeen. I, ex- I, I would expect Arizona to be ranked higher than seventeen, more favorably than seventeen by the time we get to the tournament. Would you suggest that or no? I would suggest that's a strong possibility. We'll see if it actually plays out. I think their style plays very well, and they have the talent to play that style. They're very good at running uh, at, at running the break. Uh, I, I know around these parts that's sort of been an unusual thing, and it was refreshing to see it last year. For sure. Uh, and I think it's going to be refreshing to see it again this year. And the big guys run their lanes very well. And a lot of times tonight beat Western Oregon down the floor. And right. I think that's something that we're going to see again on a fairly consistent and, basis. And when Arizona that, gets loose balls, I think more often than not, they're going to score buckets as a result. And one thing you talked about all last season, too, is that Azulis Tabellis, whatever you think about him, one thing about Azulis Tabellis is that uh, he runs the court as well as any big man that uh, that you'll see. And think about it, to it last year. How many times would there be fast break plays where it didn't even feel like a fast break and somebody jetted ahead to uh, uh, Tabellis and he gets the left-handed slam. He gets the left-handed finish, whatever the case may be. That He needs to continue to do that because that's going to be a big part of his game. But here's my question about Tabellis. Does he feel, and I'm curious as to what uh, everybody out there thinks as well, is he the player that when last year when the chips were down, and again, it's different because it's Tommy Lloyd and it's a free-flowing offense. Totally get that. But when the chips were down, Ben Matherin was the guy that got the ball. You think to the TCU game where Arizona's down three, Lloyd doesn't call a timeout. He just makes sure Matherin gets the ball. Matherin rises up, shoots a three. Who is that guy this year for Arizona? Who does he? Uh, I, I, I await it? the I, I await the responses out there as well. Um, I think you're going to get. Uh, you might have two or three different guys per night. It may not be. A, it may not be as consistent. Uh, thank you, Anthony. It may not be as consistent as it was uh, last year. Uh, so Tabellus at sometimes I think can be that person. Larson can be that person. And mm-hmm. uh, Carissa can be that person. Okay. Uh, so, and, and those are examples out there. Ramey could be that person. Ramey, Ramey to me is the fascinating one. Yeah, I think you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see because people that are smarter than us are all saying uh, Pella as well. Um, Larson to me is fascinating in all of this because I really do like what I saw. He certainly looks better. He looks more comfortable. I'm obviously got to see a little bit more of it, but I can see, but I could see him being that guy. I just don't know. Like this last year, you knew that it was Ben Matherin, especially as the season got going, you knew that it was that guy. It could be a, a you know, a, a committee type approach this year, which is a little unusual for Arizona because generally, even with the loot in the loot heydays, there was one or two guys that you knew every single game that it was going to be that. 
I think it's generally unusual for college basketball or basketball as a whole. If you're good more often than not, you've got somebody who you can go to. And does Arizona have that elite guy right now? I don't know. I mean, in in reality, I thought they looked, generally speaking, again, I like the style. I think the style is a real problem in the regular season against a lot of teams. Arizona's going to win a lot of games and look impressive in the regular season doing it uh, because, again, that style is a pain in the ass. Uh, And and it's great to watch. Uh, But... you know, when the chips are down, who's going to get the basketball? I'm not sure. One thing I suspect happens because I'm constantly fascinated with Larson. Larson, if Larson is the guy who makes a big bucket, we may never know it. He, <laughs> I know where you're going with this, yeah, too, for he, sure. He, he seems to me to be the most deceptive guy on the floor. And 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 you look up, he scored 20 points. Wait, Larson scored 20? Right. When did that happen? You know, whereas other guys tend to be flashier in moments, uh, Larson seems to be kind of this steady stream. I don't want to consider, you know, uh, but I think there are there are certainly guys on the roster who you can go to. But, you know, if there's if I think it's going to be interesting to watch to see who's willing to step up and is able to get it done. I don't want to compare him to Miles Simon because he's not Miles Simon and I don't expect him to be a final four MVP or a first team. But there was always something. When Miles Simon was on the court, even before he became that, even when he was a sophomore, when he was a freshman, there was always kind of a soothing feel about it. Just like that, you know, when he had the ball, wasn't going to do anything generally dumb, wasn't a great athlete, but he was probably going to get you 15, 16 points. I'm talking about Miles as an underclassman. I think there's a lot of that two Pella right there. And I think that's kind of maybe without the comparison, I think that's kind of what you're getting at. That there's there's kind of a, a calming factor out there that he doesn't do anything necessarily flashy, but like you said, you look up and he's got 17 points, four rebounds, three assists, and he's probably playing lockdown D as well. Uh yeah. Uh, so I don't, you, you know, the one thing that we need to see from Larson, uh, and, and frankly, everybody else on before you roster, compare him to Miles Simon, <laughs> yes, is, is that cutthroat competitiveness that Simon possessed, Correct. uh, Simon, everybody hates to lose Simon despised losing right. and went out of his way to do whatever he could to win. And that kind of attitude is something that you want on every team. And does Arizona have that guy? Who knows? Uh, Crease is probably the close, uh, the closest to that in terms of an X factor in that regard. But, uh, you know, and he, he made some huge shots last year. So, you know, it's one of those things that as the season uh, progresses from game to game, uh, we'll find those sorts of things out. But, you know, it may very well be one of those things where if Arizona moves the ball well on offense, hopefully somebody can get a good look. And if they get a good look, they either make it or they get to the, or, or they get to the foul line and then they make free throws. Uh, so, but at least the opportunities are there in key games. And uh, you know, hey, when those challenges occur, we're going to get an opportunity to see you know how much they do miss Matherin, how much they do miss Coloco, and how much they do miss Terry. Have I told you about the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX? You know, you mean the app that has none of the over-unders that I wish it would based on cliches that I'm going to utilize in post-games throughout the course of the year? That DraftKings app? Here's the deal with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Again, code word PHNX. Don't, uh, Don't get it twisted here, folks. New customers can bet... Any uh, $5 on an NBA game and get $200 if your team wins. You can also boost your winnings up to 100% with the DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. It's simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Again, 
promo code PHNX. Again, promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. One thing that I would vet, uh, venture a bet on is, as Jacob Franklin is time stamping this right now. I see you right there, Jacob. Um, by the way, anybody that's saying, who's this Jacob Franklin guy? Jacob Franklin is one of the tallest, nicest, coolest people you'll ever meet, and he's an ASU uh, alum. We hold that not against him because this wouldn't be happening without Jacob, so we thank you. But back to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Take the over on Ben Mather and points. Whatever it is, take the over. He's scoring 30 every single game. Make some money off that. And again, PHNX Sports, this is the place to be. Hit subscribe for everything out there. Every Arizona sport, we got you covered right there. Even ASU. I make fun of ASU, but uh, you know what? There are some decent people that went to ASU. Not a ton, but Jacob is one of the exceptions right there. You know, Um, you've got an enrollment of over 60,000 people. you got to get lucky every now and again. It's going to be there every now and then, for sure. All right, now, looking at this team right here, here's where I'm fascinated. <laughs> Sorry, as Jacob's getting destroyed in the comments. Here's what, But here's what's interesting to me, though, is this team, and we're not going to know this until it actually happens, but what Arizona saw last year is that they were as good as they were. They were unequipped to be able to go against really physical teams that got up in you, quick physical teams. You know, Houston comes to it uh, comes to mind. They struggled mightily with TCU as well. That to me is still how is Arizona going to be able to react with this squad right here when they get punched in the face? Mike, how many uh, teams on the roster do you see out there that uh, fall under that category? Because they'll obviously be good tests. You hope there are some. Maybe they face in Mau- Maui to get a general you idea. You got Tennessee. You got uh, Eric Muscle. Eric Musselman's team should be very interesting. They're a top ten team. The Must Bus is going to be coming in there from Arkansas. They should be. Uh, they should be pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so those are good tests. Uh, Uh, within the next two or three weeks that Arizona gets in that regard, which will be nice to get a general idea of how they respond. And, and right now, I don't know. I know that they're tall. That's a Mm -hmm. good thing. Uh, How they handle that kind of maturity and physicality. But the problem is obviously at this stage, a mystery to all of us. Last year, they were tall as well. You know, obviously, because you're heck, you're even taller in the front line when you looked mm-hmm. at uh, when you had Coloco, when you had Tabellus. This right. is to, this this to me though. You need to Tabellus, and I, I'm going to disagree with some of the people out there. But again, you're all smarter than me. I'm just throwing out my uneducated opinion here. I think Tabellus needs to be the game in and game out player. Now, again, it can be somebody else at the end of games, but I need to go into I, Arizona. To me, needs to go into every single game knowing that uh, Zulus Tabellus can get. 18 is going to be good for 18 points and eight rebounds, 19 points and nine rebounds, something like that. Um, because he is the guy that I think has shown the highest upside in the past. And we always bring this up. I always bring this up. This is the guy that is a freshman put up 31 uh, points and eight rebounds on the Mobley brothers. This is a guy who was all conference last year. I need 18 and eight every single game out of him. And I don't think honestly, that's too much to ask. You also hope that, you have other players on the interior who can keep teams honest so that the opposition can't double team him. And right. Tabellus has an opportunity to use whatever skill sets he has and and the clever nature of his game to be able to score with the kind of regularity you hope. And then as one of your uh, commenters mentioned uh, near the top of the show, once you get to the foul line, and I think he's going to get to the foul line a lot, you better make him. 
Right. By the way, I got to give everybody out here a lot of props. We have well over 200 comments right now. You guys are absolutely fantastic. And I mean this sincerely. It means the world to me. Um, all right. But, you know, I, I, I was I was happy with what I saw, though, tonight. Just kind of in summation, I was happy with what I saw. I, I In games like this, I don't necessarily care about the score. I care about the uh, the aesthetics, how how players look, how what the potential. It doesn't look like there's a ton of dead weight out there that'll probably be playing. And I that that to me is a good there's not a lot of Daniel Dillons out there. I'm sorry. Somebody somebody mentioned Daniel <laughs> Dillon, so I threw in Daniel Dillon. Sorry, Daniel. I, I also appreciated that uh, Western Oregon played an umtepo style. Exactly. Uh, and, and if that's a, and, and that obviously works very well for Arizona, but I think it was a good test for what their style wanted to be and how Arizona can combat that a little bit. So it was a good for an exhibition. It was it it, it was an it was a good aesthetic match for both teams, and I think mm-hmm. that also helped. When team, you know, Arizona's going to score, they're going to be an eighty-five point a game team. Right. Uh, it's just it's just the way that the style lends itself. But when they get into those games where they score 70, are they going to be strong enough, physical enough, defensive enough to be able to win those two? And those are John, the answers that remain to be seen. This is a great point here and uh, something that I had in my notes that we didn't get to. Um, Joshua Monfort, are, can we see some right-handed moves from Zoo? That is something that, um, I mean, I, I think the book is somewhat out in that regard and that, Tabellus is strictly, at least up to this point, has strictly been a left-handed player. And when you might be able to get away with that when you've got a Ben Matherin or a Dallin Terry, uh, Dalen Terry right there. Sorry, Brad, I'm just kidding with you. But um, I don't know that you can get away with that when you're the focus of another team's defense right there. I think that, that that's going to be something to see exactly what happens right there. Good question. And if they, owe, I guess we're going to find out. Because if I was defending him, that's what I'd do. Take right. away the left hand, and I don't care if you have to play three rows out on the baseline to do it. Uh, if he's gonna, if he if he gets past you on the left, he's gonna score. But if you can lock down that left hand, make him beat you the other side. That was a classic Lute Olson scouting approach, especially when it came to uh, players that were sort of limited as far as their defensive capabilities. There was an A, a B, and a C. Generally speaking, for for the way that Olson tried to utilizes defense to scout the opposition. And right. A was stop the A move. And if they beat you with B and C, okay, but make them go to B and C. Right. Uh, and, 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 and we'll see uh, how teams deal with Tabellus in that regard and whether he's up to the challenge. All right, Arizona football great Jake Fisher is on here. By the way, Jake, appreciate you. Uh, you are you are honestly, if anybody out here didn't see Jake Fisher, Jake Fisher was the epitome. If Jacob Manu can become somewhat what Jake Fisher is was, Arizona linebackers will be in a really good spot. Tackling machine, absolutely fantastic player, incredibly instinctive as well. Um, he puts on there. He says uh, Arizona's death lineup: Kerr, Ramey, Pellas, uh, Cedric Henderson, and Zoo. I like, to be honest with you, I like that. I'm curious to see more of what uh, Cedric Henderson could do because um, for people out there that don't know, this is also a guy, Henderson, who, yes, he came from Campbell, but he's got a couple intriguing possibilities to him. First, he's a, uh, his father played in the NBA for five years. I'm a big fan of bloodlines in that situation. And last year at Campbell, they played Duke tough. He put up 18 and 11 on Duke. 
Um, and uh, the other uh, t- best team that they played, VCU, he put up similar numbers. So he's played well against uh, he's played well against good competition, and he's about six foot seven. I'm very curious to see more of Cedric Henderson. Yeah, that could be a very helpful player for Arizona when you were talking about the depth issue, as some of the others, uh, uh, other commenters were as well. Uh, he's somebody who I think can play a big role in that mix. So hopefully uh, the new guys in Arizona's lineup uh, have the ability to step up, give Arizona some increased physicality, uh, and uh, give Arizona the depth that it needs to play the style effectively that it wants to play. All right, uh, Sean Seeley right here says it was good to see Boswell on the court, even if not at full speed. Just so people don't out there don't know, uh, uh, he is a uh, he should be a senior in high school this year. Kylan Boswell, he uh, broke, he had a foot injury and rolled early at the U of A, and um, he is uh, he's out there. I've just been saying from the beginning, I would just caution this year as far as uh, expectations go, mainly because again he's young for his grade. Or he's young for, and he's coming, uh, you know, he's coming back off a of foot injury. But if you can get him eight to 12 minutes per game this year, that's good because next year's team should be loaded and he's going to be. He's going to be that guy at the point guard position, and if he's not, he's going to be right there. But you know, just just you know, you've never seen him before, Shu. What did you think when you saw? No, uh, I think what uh, you, I think your analysis is. Uh, I didn't really come away with any uh, particular right. impressions. So right. you know. Uh, I don't disagree with anything that was said, but I'll probably sit this one out for now and uh, right. I'll look forward as uh, the season moves along. All right, everybody. Can't thank you enough for hopping on uh, in here. We're going to be back with you Saturday, uh, U of A football post game and Monday post game. The official Arizona basketball season gets started Monday. Guys, this was an awesome, uh, vibrant chat right there. Appreciate all of you. Shu, I appreciate you. Jacob Franklin, I appreciate most aspects about your background. Um, but uh, everybody out there, talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody. Again, remember, Tap and Bottle Watch Party Saturday, 4 o'clock. Be there. For John Schuster, Jacob Franklin, I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AC Wildcats podcast. Mm-hmm.